to talk to. Mary Tucker was a godsend. This was our first home to purchase, and she walked us through the entire process step by step. She is a true professional. Call Mary Tucker or Lori Weaver, 935-7808. First Financial Mortgage, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. You've got a lot riding on how well your car gets repaired. When you choose Stadium Auto Body after an accident, you know you've chosen the best body shop in Northeast Arkansas. Stadium Auto Body is iCar Gold Class certified, meaning our auto body professionals have current, up-to-date training that contributes to complete, safe, and quality repairs. Accidents happen. We're what happens next. Stadium Auto Body in Jonesboro and StadiumAutoBody.com. Stadium Auto Body, take care of you. You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. It's time for The Setup. The fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Kay Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on The Setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on this Wednesday, October 20th edition of the show. 95.3 FM, 96.9 FM, The Ticket, AM 970 KNEA. You can also find us at 953theticket.com and through the TuneIn app by searching for KNEA. On Twitter at 953theticket and Facebook at facebook.com slash 953theticket. All right, so a lot of stuff to get into on the show today. We'll have our uh, weekly Wednesday chat with Philip Butterfield, the color analyst for A-State football, uh, coming up at 2.30 today. Uh, we'll continue to look more into this uh, A-State and Raging Cajuns game. Uh, we kind of talked about uh, the Lafayette offense yesterday. We'll shift gears and kind of talk about their uh, their defense today coming up in the second segment. Uh We'll go over some uh, A-State basketball news uh, that came out from the Sun Belt today. We'll go over the MLB playoffs. So a lot of stuff to get into on the show today. But before we get into anything, Andrew Bowen will get us caught up with some headlines. Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. A-State's men's basketball win hit the hard, uh, will hit the hardwood tonight for the first time this season in front of fans as the Red Wolves are hosting the Scarlet and Black scrimmage. A-State returns 13 of its 14-letter winners from last season and also adds former Jonesboro High School standout Desi Sills to the mix. Admission to the scrimmage at First National Bank Arena is free, with doors opening at 6 p.m. and tip-off set for 7 p.m. So don't miss it. That'll be a fun time. Also in baseball news, Arkansas's... Or basketball news, excuse me. Can't read today. Arkansas's men's hoops picked to finish was picked to finish third in the SEC and sophomore guard Devontae Davis was selected second team all-conference by a panel of league and national media members. Kentucky was selected as the preseason pick to win the league. No shocker there. And the Memphis Grizzlies tip their season tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The talented young roster will be looking to build on a season that ended last year in the NBA's play-in game. Game time at 7 p.m. on 95.3 and 96.9, the ticket. And I'm excited. This will be an exciting season. A lot of uh, interesting moves, and especially with that big Jaron Jackson contract extension. I'm excited yeah. to see what he's going to do. So this has been your headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Now back to Cade. 
All right, uh, just coming out uh, from the Sunbelt League office and from a state, uh, the A-State men's basketball team was picked to finish sixth in the 2021-22 Sunbelt Conference uh, preseason coaches poll. Georgia State uh, was picked to finish first. They had eight eight first-place votes. votes. Uh, The Cajuns were picked to finish second. They had two uh, first place votes and then Texas State three, App State four, uh, picked to finish fourth, but App State had the other two uh, first place votes. So uh, A State picked to finish sixth in the Sunbelt Conference men's basketball preseason coaches poll. Uh, that just coming out uh, a few moments ago. Meanwhile, on the uh, on the women's side of things, A State uh, was tabbed to finish tenth uh, in the league this year. So. That uh, coming out from the league office today uh, as the men's team picked to finish sixth, the women's team picked to finish uh, 10th. By the way, in the women on the women's side, it was uh, Troy picked to finish first in the league, and then uh, the Cajuns picked to finish uh, second. So uh, that coming out from the Sun Belt today, expecting uh, preseason, all conference teams and accolades and awards and all that stuff uh, coming out tomorrow. So... Uh, we'll get to see that tomorrow, but we do get to see the first preseason poll of the year for both the men's and women's teams that's now out in the Sun Belt Conference. All right, so dive into a little bit of baseball here as yesterday was a wild day of the MLB playoffs. And so first off, I have an issue with games starting at 4.30 in the championship series it seems very dumb very weird save that for save that for the wild card round or the ds round like the championship series should not start in the afternoon all games should start at night and frankly i don't remember like honestly i don't remember i don't even think they started in the afternoon the last normal year of baseball in 2019 maybe they did did either i was about to say i don't remember it ever starting in the afternoon yeah but i don't remember much many championship games starting in the afternoon, but that was the uh, that was the thing with the Braves and Dodgers yesterday. It was a what a four fifteen start time and uh, in our time, so I guess what like a two fifteen start time out west, whatever it was. Uh, so my initial thought uh, in Braves Dodgers yesterday, first off, was that Vegas is way too good, and I have no idea how Vegas is this good because the over under on the run line yesterday in that game was seven and a half don't ask me how i know um and so the total runs from the bottom of the fifth inning to the top of the eighth were at seven before the dodgers struck and then uh cody bellinger hit a moonshot uh and scored three runners so it got tied up at five and you thought okay maybe the braves can come back and make this a game if they can get out of this inning but no mookie Betts doubles to center scores a run and essentially it's over. So the Braves had a commanding lead throughout most of the game, and then one swing of the bat with Cody Bellinger, and essentially the game was over at that point. I mean, and, Cody Bellinger's thus far in the playoffs has been just a menace. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing, too, was Luke Jackson was on the mound for the Braves, which last year was terrible, but had just a crazy resurgence in the regular season, was one of their better pieces out of the bullpen. He was coming off his worst season in his MLB career, last year where he had a 6.8 ERA but this year had a 198 ERA and had been pretty consistent in the regular season so 
it's one of the more consistent guys out of the Braves bullpen, and now his postseason ERA is like 21.8 or something like that. So he's thrown an inning and two-thirds in the postseason, and his, his, his postseason ERA is just skyrocketed. So it's one of those deals where it's like baseball is literally the dumbest sport because the Braves <laughs> were five outs away from going up 3-0, and at that point, you're up 3 nothing. the series is over. And even though they're up 2-1, now it kind of feels like the Dodgers have taken back a lot of that momentum, and it might be their well, yeah. series to lose now. Yeah, if you're up 3-0, you're – you're sitting pretty. Maybe you drop one game, but either way, you're probably winning that series. Well, yeah, and the thing about it, too, was that was just such a such a gutting loss, and it feels like every time you see something like that in postseason baseball, the team that lost the game almost never wins the series after that game. Yeah, it's a huge momentum shift, but we'll see what happens. I mean, this Braves team has kind of surprised everyone, so it may surprise yeah. everyone again. Yeah, I mean, if they go in tonight, the con- or this afternoon tonight, whatever they're playing, uh, the conversation completely changes on this series. Oh, if they go in today yeah. and they're up 3-1, and all of a sudden you're looking at, oh, you have one more game in L.A., but then you have the next two at home to close it out, so you feel like you can get it done on the home field. So if they go in tonight, the uh, the conversation completely changes. But 100%. Atlanta sports going to Atlanta sports. The city of heartbreak <laughs> never fails. Huge city so, of heartbreak. That was the first game yesterday, and then uh, you know the other MLB game was was just as wild. I mean, you go to the you go to the ninth, you're tied at two. If the if the Red Sox win, they go up three one, and it feels over because the closeout. It feels over for the Astros because the closeout game is in Fenway Park, so or Fenway Park today. So you get to the top of the ninth. Astros are threatening, but they have two outs. Uh, they have a guy up. Count goes to two two with two outs. And the Red Sox throw a third strike to end the inning. We're going to the bottom of the ninth. Red Sox could have a chance to win it, except it was called a ball. And then the Astros score seventh at the top of the ninth, and the game was over. It's just, again, it kind of goes back to the baseball being a dumb sport where (laughs) just one little bit of momentum change like that just completely sends the game off the rails. It's one of those games where, yeah, like you said, one little thing can just change the entire game, and it can take maybe two minutes. That's why it's the worst if you're watching a baseball game and you go do something for five minutes, you could come back and the game has completely changed once you lost. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And so that... um, That's the most aggravating and beautiful thing about baseball. (laughs) So, again, like it was a missed call, sure. Is the severed run inning on the home plate umpire... No, like make no. better pitches, get out of the inning, and I mean, at that point you have two outs. Get out of the inning, make better pitches. But <laughs> is the go-ahead run the Astros score literally like on the next pitch after on the home plate umpire? Mm, a little bit because yeah. that was a missed call. There was 23 ball strike calls missed last night, an 88% accuracy rate calling balls and strikes, which is bad for baseball standards. Bring out the robot refs. To have to have an 88% accuracy calling uh, balls and strikes last night. So, again, I don't think that was the only factor that went into the Astros winning that game, but it was a huge factor. It, because didn't, it didn't deter from them winning. If, if it gets called a strike, then the inning's over and you're going to the bottom of the ninth and you feel like the Red Sox have a chance to go win the game in the bottom of the ninth and go up 3-1 to one in the series. And instead, we're talking about a, what, a 9-2 to two, uh, Astros final last night. So, you it's know. Kinda, it's kind of sad that most of these playoff games have had huge missed calls. There's yeah. been several. I mean, I could probably count at least like 10. Wh- which, again, like I'm not pinning that on the home plate umpire oh, but no, no I'm, here's I'm here's my here's my thing with sports and I've always felt this way is that if players and coaches have to do post-game interviews 
I believe umpires and officials should have to do post-game interviews. I 100% agree with that. That's Walk us through the call because yeah. otherwise everyone's in the dark and then a statement comes out four days later from the whole, not just the individual ref, from the whole crew. Yeah, I want, I want that individual ump or ref's uh, input and what he was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Like I want exactly. to know what was going through their head. And it's not like a it's not like a deal where they have a press conference and you're just grilling the whole time, tell them how bad they are. Like, no, legitimately, no, like, I just yeah. want to know like what it what went into making the call. Because if it like you said, if it's a bad call and it's unanimously a, the wrong call, it'll help educate people on what goes through the ump's head. Exactly. That leads to that and can honestly probably prevent that call from happening again. Exactly. Because Which, if I'm a ref and I see someone make that call and then I make the other the same call in a different game because I have the same thought process and I'm not thinking about it, how are you going to fix that? Exactly. So, so I mean, I, I am I am all in on that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, today coming up here in about two hours, Houston at Boston, a series that is now tied at 2-2 from Fenway Park. And then tonight at 7.08, it's the Braves at the Dodgers, a series in which the Braves lead 2-1. Uh, the Braves have not decided on a uh, starting pitcher tonight, so we'll be interested to see who that is. By the way, uh, watching the Braves Dodgers game last night, it felt like a uh, it felt like a four o'clock game on a random Wednesday afternoon in the middle of the summer. There was no electricity yeah, in that stadium. It, it felt and, very then, and then all the fans leave, like all the yeah. fans left before before it went final. So it's a weird it's a weird time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Anyways, all right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit. There was uh, there's some there's been some articles written about potential expansion for the Sun Belt, so we'll hit on that. Uh, we'll dive into uh, a little A State ULL talk. Philip Butterfield's going to join us here in about twenty minutes or so. So all that coming up after this time out here on the ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. If you need hearing aids but don't know if your insurance company covers them, call hearing specialists in Jonesboro today. They can find out for you. So why wait? Call 932-8200. Right now, Arkansas Obamacare Insurance and some Blue Cross policies are paying for digital wireless Bluetooth state-of-the-art hearing aids from hearing specialists in Jonesboro. But this may be for a limited time, so you must act soon. Call hearing specialists in Jonesboro now at 932 Every person deserves respect, and that's what you're promised when you work with Stanley Woodard Law Firm. Bill Stanley and Jared Woodard are proud former lettermen at Arkansas State, and with over 45 years' experience, they've earned their reputation as hometown lawyers that get big city results. In fact, they've both been recognized in the National Trial Lawyers Association Top 100, whether it's personal injury, nursing home neglect, criminal defense, or civil litigation. Get respect, results. Relief with Stanley Woodard Law Firm. Call 932-2000 and visit stanleywoodard.com. Professional, convenient, reliable. You can count on it all at Central Buick GMC. Call today to schedule your service appointment. Central Buick GMC service department is open Monday through Saturday. Whether you need an oil change, tire rotation, wheel alignment, brake service, battery inspection, or engine repair, you can count on the service team at Central Buick GMC. Next time your vehicle needs maintenance, remember GMC. Professional, convenient, reliable. Schedule your service needs today on Parker Road in Jonesboro and online at centralbuickgmc.com. Trust your heart to better care at NEA Baptist. Better access means communication with your award-winning cardiac team anytime, anywhere with the MyChart app. Better technology means leading this state with new treatments and interventions right here in Jonesboro. Better is an integrated team of experts at your service when seconds matter. 
Your heart deserves better. Find it at NEA Baptist. Are you ready to change banks or add another checking account without even going to the bank? It's super easy with Farmers and Merchants Bank and the Bank of Fayetteville at mebanking.com. Simply go to mebanking on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Then scroll through our selection of checking accounts to find the perfect one for you. Fill out the online form and you're on your way. For all the details and to get started now, go to mebanking.com. Member FDIC. You may not be thinking about putting up Christmas lights right now, but you need to. Why? Because don't you remember your husband falling off the ladder, shocking himself, getting all of the lights up and half of them didn't work? The stress, the worry, get ahead of the decorating by calling Mojo Lawn Care and go ahead and have them put you down for their Christmas light service. Get on Mojo Lawn Care's schedule for closer to the holidays so they're not totally booked up when you get ready to decorate. Mojo Lawn Care hangs lights, wraps trees and shrubs, hangs large wreaths. They even get on the peaks of your roof line and then they can store your lights and decorations till next year. Mojo Lawn Care will decorate your house so great for Christmas that the Griswolds would be jealous. But don't get left out. I know Christmas is a long ways away. Or is it? Call Mojo Lawn Care today. Make sure you're on the nice list by getting on their schedule when you're ready. 219-3446. That's 219-3446. And visit ChristmasLightsOfJonesboro.com. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the tickets. 95.3 FM, 96.9 FM, the tickets. All right, so there's really been nothing confirmed in terms of Sunbelt expansion. There's been people put stuff out about Southern Miss to the Sunbelt is confirmed, but no one is actually, <laughs> who is who is reputable, I should say, has right. confirmed but there has been uh, reports from Pete Thamel and Chris Fanini that the Sun Belt is expected to make it make a decision uh, on expansion any day now. Uh, the league is considering, according to Pete Thamel, adding up to four more schools. Among those targeted are Southern Miss, Marshall, Old Dominion, and James Madison. The wow. uh, the conference USA is also exploring additions, and those include Liberty and James Madison. So. Uh, Chris Fanini had a big write-up uh, on the athletic.com if you subscribe to that about uh, the Sun Belt and potential realignment options for the Sun Belt. Uh, one thing he did say, Marshall and Southern Miss are largely largely viewed as the best options by people in the belt if they expand, but James Madison and Old Dominion are schools to watch as well. But the quote, the best quote from this story by Chris Fanini is that the Sun Belt is not in desperation mode, and the Mountain West was also not in desperation mode. The American was, which is really? true. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the American, like, they, their plan A failed of trying to raid the Mountain West because everyone wound up staying in the Mountain West, and so they go raid the CUSA, and really and truthfully, their league probably got worse. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it because, I mean, they did lose a bunch of their really good teams from their conference, but... I don't get why you need to – I guess it is desperation mode because I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you do if you didn't find anyone to add. I guess you just have an uneven year and stuff like that. But Yeah, I mean, I, I just – I don't know. It's I, weird. I, I don't see the American coming out as a winner in this, but 
I, I do don't, see. Yeah, I don't either. And again, like if the Big Twelve goes and they expand in a couple of more years, add even more teams in a couple more years, like the rumor has been, then sure, maybe the Mountain West takes a hit. But I just see, in terms of group of five leagues, I see the Mountain West and the Sun Belt coming out the best out of any group of five league. And first off, I don't know if the CUSA is going to exist in five years. Second off, like there's no way the American keeps the good TV deal they have if they're going to put the product oh, no, that they're going to lose that. you know we think they're going to put out there because really and truthfully they they became a worse league so but anyways that uh what's weird is that we i remember when we talked about this earlier uh this month they kind of seemed like the where everyone wanted to go was the american they had the like we said the best tv deal but now with this happening it's kind of like okay i mean if you don't have the tv deal what do you have yeah uh her nation which is i guess the uh the rivals network with uh marshall three hours ago put out like a sun exploding gif about something's about to happen and then southern miss um <laughs> uh, to the top talk which is a southern miss podcast uh put out i guess five hours ago that uh breaking southern miss to the Sun Belt is confirmed but we still have not seen anything in terms of national people jumping on it's so the, uh, it's the i don't bubbles uh, for the whole boil yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I I definitely do think the Sun Belt is going to expand, yeah. and it looks like Southern Miss and Marshall are two of the top teams that they do expand. I so like, I like Marshall. Marshall would be a good addition. Yeah, yeah. I I would like to see if if they add Marshall and Southern Miss, I would like to see the travel partner arrangements. You would think a state's travel partner would be ULM, and then Southern Miss would go to uh, go with Lafayette. Yeah, that would make would think. sense. So. But anyways, uh, hopefully we'll have something concrete on that in the next uh, few days or few weeks, whenever, from the league office. All right, let's talk a little bit a little bit about A-State and Lafayette. Uh, we talked about yesterday just that Lafayette offense and how, you know, they decided to start clicking last week, last Tuesday, when they played App State. So we'll look a little bit at uh, the Cajuns' defense and just kind of how A-State matches up with the Lafayette defense. And you know, one of the things Coastal Week we talked about would be a challenge for A-State was that Coastal had one of the best passing defenses in the country. At that point, going into the A-State game, they had not given up a passing touchdown, although A-State threw two touchdowns on them. But it still proved extremely hard for A-State to get the ball going through the air against uh, Coastal because they have one of the better passing defenses in the country and the best passing defense in the Sun Belt. Now, if you're looking for hope... Lafayette is the second worst passing defense by yards allowed in the Sun Belt Conference. So Lafayette's allowed uh, a little over 2,100 passing yards, 14 passing touchdowns. They're giving up uh, right at 240 passing yards per game. So that uh, that's encouraging news for A State. Yeah, definitely. But here is here's what will be interesting, and I really didn't even think about this until this morning when sitting down and just doing show prep. This will be the first time since December 2019 in the Camellia Bowl where Lane Hatcher has started a game and will play four quarters uncontested, injury or helmet popping off. You know, if one of those doesn't happen, he will play all four quarters uncontested for the first time since December 2019 in the Camellia Bowl. Wow. He's not sharing time with anyone. 
James Blackman's not going to come in in the second half of play in like he did in the Memphis game when Hatcher couldn't get it going. It's Lane Hatcher's show on Saturday night. The last time was the case. He almost threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns in a driving range storm of that FIU game. So I, I do think that's an interesting storyline. What can Lane Hatcher do against a defense that has been susceptible to giving up a ton of passing yards? And can A-State create big plays offensively through the air? That's a lot of pressure, too. It is. Jeez. Oh, uh, the other thing is, this is this will be the worst rush defense A State has played all year. Uh, Lafayette's eighty first in the country in rush defense, second to last in the Sun Belt. Uh, Texas State is a worse rush defense than Lafayette, but A State doesn't play Texas State for a while. So, I, I am interested if this could be the fi- game that A State maybe could start to establish the run a little bit. <laughs> we haven't seen it so far, but. I'm you just, know, I'm just laughing because every game it's like we're like, please, yeah, <laughs> please. and we haven't seen it so far. But I'm also interested in just how different. Maybe it doesn't look different, but I'm interested to yeah. see if the offensive line will look different tomorrow. You had that bye week. You've had two weeks off. We've already seen it kind of tinkered with uh, for the Georgia Southern game, and then a little bit for the Coastal game. So I'm interested to see what that looks like to start the game tomorrow. Because from a matchup standpoint. You know, I think offensively you match up with the Cajuns really, really well. But yeah, I say that to say this: uh, those numbers are over a whole season, and sometimes, you know, although the season numbers are pretty indicative of where you're at, sometimes they aren't. Uh, because if the Cajuns play like they did last week against App State defensively, then it's a completely different story. Because App only had 78 rushing yards. Chase Bryce, who was tabbed to be the best quarterback in the league, probably behind Grayson McCall threw a couple of interceptions and only threw for around 130 yards. So, and the other thing was, you know, I just thought Lafayette just dominated the battle up front last week. So I know it sounds cliche to say because it's true for every football game, but especially tomorrow night, I think whoever wins the battle up front wins the game because Lafayette just shoved or shoved app around last Tuesday night. That was where they won the game. Yeah. It's going to be a super physical game too. I mean, yeah. both these teams are going to be fighting their hardest. And, I mean, A-State is really, really digging to get this win. They need yeah. this win. And, again, like, A-State needs to establish some type of run game. It doesn't have to be A-State going for 400 yards. Yeah, like, just a decent run it game. It just yeah. – get around 100 yards. Get yeah. over 100 yards. 100%. That's, I mean, that takes a little bit of pressure off Lane Hatcher. It allows your offense to move with a little bit more flow and consistency. And Lo and behold, you might win the game. You know, <laughs> honest, honestly – if we go repeat of the uh, Buck Sweep game with Gus Malzahn and Lafayette in 2012, I'm okay with that too. That was run it till it run it till they can't stop it. And A State ran about 15 Buck Sweep plays that night. So uh, if you're looking, by the you way, if you're looking to you get uh, if you're looking to get some hype for the uh, Lafayette game this week, Chris Butchin on Twitter, who uh, formerly I guess of uh, the A State football video department has been putting out some great hype videos uh, from previous <laughs> matchups between that's awesome between A State and Lafayette and that was the buck sweep game was one of the uh, highlight videos that he put out yesterday so um, that's kind of a look at where A State stands against uh, Lafayette and you know I, it'll be a good game regardless it's I do gonna think it's going to be I don't think it uh, I'm just interested to see how A-State comes out. Uh, Me too, especially after all that rest. After a bye week, uh, you would think they would come out and uh, 
They you know, that's one of the things I mean, that that's one of the things that Butch Jones said uh, after the Coastal game was that he felt like they didn't have a lot of energy. So I'm interested to see what the energy level is going to be like for A State because that, you know, something as small as that can go a uh, a long, long way. So looking forward definitely. to that game tomorrow night. Uh, Philip Butterfield of the EAB Red Wolf Sports Network, color analyst for A State football, is going to join us to talk even more about A State and the Cajuns coming up after this time out here on the ticket. Kara's icing down, Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on the ticket. Prices are falling at Cartier. And now is the time to get the best savings on late model, low mileage cars, trucks, and SUVs. Because at Cartier, we say yes. No credit, bad credit, or bankruptcy. No problem. We will get you approved. Because we know bad things can happen to good people. And all of our vehicles come with our peace of mind package included. We offer free warranty, free oil changes, debt protection, sales tax financed available, and satisfaction guaranteed. Plus, when 10 people you refer buy a vehicle from us, we will pay off yours. Get to Car Today, where we say yes. On Stadium in Jonesboro or NEACarToday.com. Envy. It's a real thing. The guy three houses down has an amazing yard. Why can't my lawn look lush and healthy? Well, he uses J&K Lawn and Tree Service. Whether the job is large or small, commercial or residential, J&K Lawn and Tree Service offers incredible lawn care. Call 870-897-1329 today. Overgrown hedges, troublesome trees, or unwanted stumps, J&K can take care of that too with tree removal, trimming, and fertilizing too. J&K also has a 10% discount for seniors and veterans. Call 870-1329. Make your lawn the best on the block with J&K. Where are we going? I thought you wanted to get some stuff for the party. We're going to the old country store off the Cash River in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Jonesboro. Yeah, but we need something besides beer and wine, don't we? The old country store has all spirits now. I'm taking you to see all your favorite men. Oh, you mean Jack, Jim, Jose, and Johnny. Yep. You know, Jose's my favorite. Keep your clothes on this time. The proceeding was recorded by poorly paid voice actors. The Old Country Store and Spirits, 16067 Highway 63 East in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Dan Avenue. The Old Country Store. Gazaway Ace in Paragould and Jonesboro reminds you that whatever the project, they're the place that has everything you need. Fall is upon us, so skip the rake this season. Power up your fall cleanup with an Ego 650 power blower. Check out the full line of Ego tools and save 10% on the Ego 650 blower. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks, and helping you is the most important thing we do. That's Gazaway Ace on Hilltop in Jonesboro and West Kings Highway in Paragould. Gazaway Ace is the place you want to go. Go, Gazaway. This is Davey Carter with Centennial Bank. At Centennial, we're proud of our long-standing relationship with Arkansas State University. Whether it's opening up a new account at our on-campus banking center, we're cheering with you at Centennial Bank Stadium. And we're embracing our newest Red Wolf leaders as well, including our hard-charging football coach, Butch Jones, and our new athletic director, Tom Bowen. At Centennial, our promise is to always be here for you. We're building legacies, one Red Wolf at a time. Centennial Bank, member FDIC. Duck season is just around the corner, and whether you're in need of a new boat, a new motor, or just want your current one running, come see us at Max Prairie Wings in Stuttgart. Now in stock, we have Tahatsu 25 horsepower and smaller motors. You can shop us both in-store and online. From a hole in your boat to a whole new boat, let our certified marine technicians get you ready for that next great duck hunt. Come to Max Prairie Wings in Stuttgart and shop online at maxpw.com. The hunt begins here. 
the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kay Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the ticket 95.3969 FM, the ticket, where we are. I guess right at 28 hours or so away from uh, kickoff tomorrow night between A-State and uh, Louisiana Lafayette. 6.30 at Centennial Bank Stadium over on 107.9 K-Fine. One of the voices you'll hear over on 107.9 K-Fine tomorrow night is Philip Butterfield, who joins us now. Philip, how are you this afternoon? Hey, doing great, Kate. How about yourself? Doing good. Looking forward uh, to getting some uh, A State football back. It feels like it's feels like it's been forever. I know football is in the air yet again. Uh, I guess going on two weeks. I know everybody's ready to get back out there tomorrow night. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's kind of start in here. Uh, obviously, the bye week uh, and A State will be playing for the first time in fourteen days tomorrow night. Uh, how beneficial do you think uh, the bye week was to a team like A State that? you know, kind of on a skid going into the bye week and then have had some injury problems. How beneficial do you think uh, maybe getting a week off uh, was for this football team? Yeah, well, listening to Coach Jones in the press conference, uh, there are some injuries that are going to take more than just one week to kind of recoup. And I know we've got some guys that maybe game time decisions. Uh, yeah. Obviously, going into the actual team strategy, we probably made some adjustments, uh, some things that you guys have been talking about. And I know we talked about last week was you might see some new faces uh, in a couple different spots. Uh, so I think there were some adjustments made. Uh, hopefully there were a few guys that were able to uh, cure some of those injuries uh, that, that we may have had over the last few weeks. But I'm excited. Uh, I know the guys are excited to get back out there and, and go up against a great uh, Louisiana Lafayette team. Obviously, uh, there'll be no James Blackman tomorrow for the next uh, two or three weeks. So it's going to be Lane Hatcher's show tomorrow night. Uh what are kind of your expectations for what we're going to see out of Lane Hatcher? You know, it's I think it's the first time since the Camellia Bowl where he is going to play, start and play all four quarters of a football game. So, you know, what uh, what are your expectations for uh, Lane Hatcher tomorrow? Yeah, I'm expecting him to go out there and act like he's been a starter all year. Uh, he's been preparing like it. I know that um, him and James have had a really good relationship. They've both supported each other throughout the whole season, whoever's actually in the game. But I'm expecting Lane to get out there, lead the team, have a command of the offense. He, he knows it just as well as anybody. Um, yeah. he's, he's very well-versed with Coach Heck and what he wants out of the offense. Um, but I expect to see uh, no uh, slacking and, and really not – not any hiccups from him, and, and I'm expecting to hit him to get in the, the hands of the playmakers, and, and we'll see where we can go. So it, it's been interesting because the last two games they stayed has played, they've, they've kind of tinkered a little bit with the offensive line, you know, just trying to get to a point where the offensive line is really solidified. Uh, what do you kind of expect to see out of this uh, A-State uh, offensive line tomorrow night? Yeah, well, uh, the defensive line uh, for Lafayette, that's – they're pretty salty. Uh, they have another big nose guard. I think he's right around 350 pounds, and that's going to be a challenge for for our interior defensive line. But they also have some talent on the DNs. But they don't bring a lot of pressure uh, from yeah. the, the second level with the linebackers, but they do have a, a pretty strong front. So for for us, and, and I think that we just need to worry about us and, and, 
staying on top of our assignments, winning our one-on-one matchups, and and I think uh, probably the past week or two, I think the guys are getting confidence going up against that. We kind of we kind of talked about it how you know Lafayette has struggled uh, defending the pass, and obviously that plays to A State's advantages tomorrow night but you know one of the things they've also haven't been just particularly great at is run defense uh is this a game potentially where a state can maybe try and establish the run and get the run game going for the first time like i guess since the uca game yeah and it absolutely can be um i I still know that our identities in the past game not that we don't see a a strength with with our running backs um in the offensive line in the in the running game but uh, overall, we know what we're good at. Uh, we know that we have weapons in the past game. Uh, but I do think there are going to be some opportunities to, to run the ball. Uh, they are probably going to go into more of a, a pass type of coverage instead of a run defense. They know our strength as well. Uh, so I, I do think we could see some opportunities. And kind of like you said, have a goal of going over 100 yards. I, I think that could be a, a pretty easy feat for us, which that should be a goal, maybe 150 yards, and, and we'll go from there. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit, talk about this uh, Cajun offense. Uh, you know, an offense that maybe had some question marks around it before uh, going to play App uh, last Tuesday, and I think any question mark around it no longer exists. Uh, you know, they put up 41 points uh, last Tuesday. They really got the running game going. Levi Lewis looked good throwing the football. What have you seen kind of out of this uh, Cajun offense that's uh, going to make them difficult to contain tomorrow? Yeah, well, they're bringing back a lot of uh, starters. Uh, Levi Lewis, I mean, he's 27-7 and seven, uh, as a career starter. Uh, he was a preseason all-conference player. Uh, he's a little undersized, but he's mobile. And I think containing him is going to be a big key for us. Uh, he, he's, he's making a lot of good decisions in the past game, and he can take off and run, so we have to contain him. And They've also got some weapons on the outside, and, and they've got three really good running backs. So uh, I think it's going to be a challenge for our defense, but Hopefully, uh, Coach Harley and, and the rest of the staff have been making some adjustments, and uh, I think we'll be ready to go. So this is the defense, and maybe it didn't show up as much against Coastal, but throughout most of the season has done a good job of you know creating pressure, getting tackles for loss, getting quarterback hurries, getting sacks. How important is that going to be tomorrow night to get a push off of you know the front line from this defensive front, who we've seen at times this year be really explosive? Yeah, I, I do think it can be a, a big key for us. Um, obviously Lafayette, they, they've got a, a ton of talent across the board, but for us, I think we have to worry about us and, and, uh, stay attuned to, to keeping the, keeping the ball, um, uh, contained uh, on the defensive side and taking advantage of that. All right. So six games left for a state coming off of this bye week beginning tomorrow night. Uh, what do you, what do you kind of want to see from this team over the course of the last six games closing out the season? Uh, taking it one game at a time uh, there's still a lot of season left um it, it does feel like the past uh six games have flown by but we just have to worry about what's on our plate right now um and i, I think that uh, the guys are, are in tune with that i think the, the staff is really help, helping them focus on that but the effort leadership coming out of this team obviously one in five uh that, that you do get some frustration within the players within the staff and that that's normal yeah, uh, but in these kind of adverse situations, you get leaders stepping up, and, and hopefully that's something we can build on going forward. Well, A State certainly wanting to uh, to get a win tomorrow night over their longtime rival, the Cajuns, and 
you know, looking at the matchup on paper, it doesn't seem like that's a far-fetched thought. So, in your eyes, what does A-State have to do to come out with the win tomorrow night? Yeah, well, taking care of the football and, and first and second down efficiency. I know that's something we've been yeah. talking about all year, but we can't get in third and long situations. Uh, and, and hopefully we can take advantage on the offensive side of getting first downs on either first or second down. Um, defensively, I know we've been talking about it, just beating the drum, but uh, containing the, the long plays. Um, yeah. And that, that really comes down to the secondary level. Um, hopefully we can get some push with the defensive line. I know we got some guys that are injured there and might see some different fronts uh, just because of our injury limitations. Uh, but we need some guys to step up on that side and create some turnovers, and hopefully we can create some momentum that way and capitalize on it. Yeah, I, I do think your your first down point is, is interesting because I would like to see the numbers of – you know what the what the A State offense does when they get positive yardage on first down versus what they do with the negative yardage because I think it's I think it's a drastic difference. I'd like to see that stat too. I I don't have enough time to to look back at every single game to see <laughs> that, but um, but I do think that from what we've talked about, if you see them uh, get even three yards or four yeah. yards on first down, you can sit, typically see us pick up a, a first down. I feel like ninety five percent of the time. Um, so just getting that positive momentum is going to be key for us to uh, to get that that attitude right and mentality correct going forward. Philip, as always, appreciate the time. Uh, look forward to hearing you on on the call tomorrow night uh, over on uh, 1079 K Fine. Absolutely, thanks for having me, Kate. And hope you guys have a good rest of your day. You too. See you tomorrow. That's Philip Butterfield of the EAB Red Wolves Sports Network, the color analyst for Arkansas State football. Can catch the broadcast tomorrow night, uh, beginning with pregame at 4.30, kickoff at 6.30, Wolf House to follow, all coming your way tomorrow night over on 107.9 K-Fine. We'll be back to close out the show after this time out here on The Ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Good afternoon. I'm Kate Morgan and for Scott Woodson. It's time to take a look at your EAB market countdown. December corn at 539 and a quarter of nine. March up eight and three quarters at 547 and three quarters. November soybeans at 1245 and a half, up 17 and a half. January up 18 at 1255. December wheat at 749 and a quarter, up 13 and a quarter. March up 12 and three quarters at 761 and a quarter. December cotton at 110.73, up 290. March up 279 at 108.63. And November rice at 13.61, down 11. January also down 11 at 13.88. In the livestock complex, October live cattle at 125.95, up 95. December up 50 at 130.53. October feeder cattle at 155.93, up 83. November up 50 at 159.35. And December lean hogs at 76.03, down 178. February down 123 at 7923. That's your market countdown from your EAB Ag Network. Have a great day. Arkansas farmer Roger Polner talks about voluntary guidelines on burning for fields after harvest. Our goal is to use prescribed burning. It's not just loose burning, but it's prescribed under control in a way that causes as little inconvenience as possible to any of our citizens. Uh, the row crop industry has patterned its program after a working solution from the forest industry and develop voluntary guidelines to help accomplish this goal. To participate in this program, farmers should call the Arkansas Forestry Service Dispatch Center at 1-800-830-8015. 
And additional information is also available at any of our partnering organizations, the Arkansas Farm Bureau, Ag Council of Arkansas, the University of Arkansas Systems Division of Agriculture, the Arkansas Soybean Association, and the Arkansas Rice Federation. Get the job done and then some with Farmall Utility C-Series tractors from Case IH at any Baker implement near you. These heavy, durable tractors have their weight distributed in six different locations, eliminating the need for inefficient wheel weights. The emission system does not require DPF or diesel particulate filter, reducing time loss and fuel waste on regeneration. Plus, a comfortable cab makes long days a lot more productive. To learn more about Case IH Farmall Utility C-Series tractors, visit your nearest Baker implement today. Collision Repair in Jonesboro knows the hassle that a wreck or fender bender causes in our day-to-day lives. You need to be back in your vehicle fast and don't have time to keep taking it back into the shop for missed details. Collision Repair is committed to delivering quality work in a timely manner so you can be back on the road fast. You'll be glad you chose Collision Repair to get your car back to normal after an accident. Get your vehicle fixed right the first time. Call Collision Repair at 935-9482. Arkansas Hunters We need your help. There's a silent killer in the deer woods that is expanding through our state. Chronic wasting disease, a fatal neurological disease that affects deer and elk. The Arkansas Game and Fish Commission is asking that any harvested deer be tested at more than 100 free testing locations throughout the state. The data collected will be very valuable as we continue our research. To learn more about this disease and to find your closest testing site, visit ArkansasCWD.com. Timeout's over. And we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on 95.3 and 96.9 FM, the ticket. Appreciate Philip Butterfield for uh, hopping on for a visit. You missed, if you missed any of that chat, it'll be up following the program. SoundCloud.com slash 95.3, the ticket. Uh, by the way, over under for tomorrow's A-State Lafayette game is 70. And Lafayette is up to an 18-point favorite. I think they opened the week around 16, maybe. So... Uh, money coming in on Lafayette to cover that eighteen. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they cover eighteen. I don't see them covering eighteen. Yeah, I don't either. I just uh, maybe they do, but I. I don't know. I kind of don't see it at this point. Uh, all right. So that's the latest on that. Uh, in terms of basketball news, we already mentioned a state men picked to finish sixth in the Sun Belt preseason coaches poll, but tonight at First National Bank Arena. It'll be the Scarlet and Black scrimmage. Admission is free. And they revealed the rosters, I guess, about 10 o'clock or so this morning. So we'll go through that list here. Uh, The Scarlet team, Avery Feltz, Malcolm Farrington, Mario Fantina, Norshad O'Meara, Jacob Dore, Keon Wesley, Marquise Eaton, Caleb London, coached by Mike Scatero. Meanwhile, the black team, Caleb Fields, Marquise Davis, Desi Seals, Christian Willis, Lazar Grobovich, Nicholas Tingling, and Antoine Jackson, coached by Brent Cruz. So, those are the rosters for the Scarlet and Black game tonight at First National Bank Arena. Mission is free, and your first chance to see uh, A-State men's basketball 
in action is tonight. Uh, in terms of uh, in, in terms of the, I guess the regular season opening, uh, A State will play November the first, Monday, November the first, the home opener at seven o'clock against Blue Mountain College. So that's the latest uh, from A State. Exciting. Yeah, uh, basketball season basketball, is yeah. uh, basketball season is almost here. So, love it. All right, football season is here though, it is and indeed. we have the maybe potentially the game of the year tonight in the Sun Belt Conference. If Coastal Carolina is going to lose a game for the rest of the regular season, it will be tonight. Uh, so here's here's Coastal's schedule to close out the season after tonight. Troy at home, at Georgia Southern, Georgia State at home, Texas State at home, at South Alabama. Maybe the South Alabama game gets a little weird. A little dicey, yeah. Because South Alabama's an improved team, but they're winning that game. So, they're 99.99% chance they're going 5-0 after tonight. But tonight, they are playing App State. Ooh. And this is a game we've had circled on the Sunbelt calendar. It is it is in it is in Boone, which helps App State a lot. Uh yeah. if it was at Coastal, I I would pick Coastal and wouldn't think twice about it. But <laughs> since this game is in Boone, it does make it a little bit interesting. Now, it would be a whole lot more interesting if App State had not gotten annihilated by Lafayette last week and had not looked bad moving the football against the Cajuns last week. But it is still an interesting game nonetheless because it is, to me, the toughest test that App will face the remainder of the season until they get to, I guess, the Sunbelt Championship game and then whatever bowl game they go to. So, yeah, it is the toughest test that App will face the rest of the season. And really and truthfully, we've seen, in terms of a gambling perspective, we have seen Coastal just have these massive lines throughout the college football season. Matter of fact, like I think they have been a – I don't know of a game where they haven't been a double-digit favorite because I know they were a double-digit favorite against Kansas. There hasn't been a league game where they haven't been a double-digit favorite. So tonight, honestly, might be the first time all year Coastal is a single-digit favorite, and they're only a five-point favorite. It had jumped up to six, six-and-a-half at one point. Now it's back down to five. So I You don't can know. tell Coastal is everyone's favorite. But, it, but that line is so low, it makes me think – I know Vegas knows more than I know, but it makes me think always, Vegas yeah. Vegas knows something more than I know to the point where it's <laughs> like, I don't even want to touch that at all. I just think um, it's funny that every every week we look at the lines and we're like, Vegas, you know, what are you doing? You're disrespecting this team. And then they end up being right. And we're all like, Vegas knows something. Something goes yeah, on in Vegas that we don't know about. I, I mean, I tend to think that Coastal wins this game by a couple of touchdowns. I just – App State, to me, did not pass – the eye the test eye up test, front. Yeah. I think they have a lot of. I think they have a lot of talent at their skill positions. I think if Chase Bryce has time to throw, I mean, the guy. The guy was at Clemson for three years. He went to Duke last year and lit it up at Duke. Like he has Power Five experience. If he has time to throw, he's a really good quarterback. But just up front, App State did not pass the eye test against the Cajuns. So, listen, if you're giving Grayson McCall a clean pocket and all day to throw then he's throwing for 300 yards and it's it's no not going to be yeah. close. I mean, I, I tend my definition of it getting out of hand is a couple of touchdown game. I think Coastal wins by two to three scores tonight. Uh, 
think that's fair. Ju- yeah. Just because, like, they're legitimately good. Like, they have talent all over the place. Um, you know, likely at likely at tight end reminds me so much of what kind of Cal Pitts was in Florida's offense last year, where he's the athletic receiving tight end. Because that's, I mean, he went 99 yards against A State. Like, he has wheels. So. I I think this game is interesting tonight, but I tend to lean with uh, with Coastal. I'm not picking against Coastal. They have too much talent to pick against Coastal. Yeah, There's a reason it. they're number 14 in the country. Yeah, I don't think I'll pick against Coastal in any of their games. I mean, going forward, obviously not, but they've just looked like an amazing team and like nothing can really stop them, honestly. They've just looked unstoppable. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Coastal. Yeah, so uh, that'll be fun tonight. Uh, Six thirty over on uh, ESPN two is where you can find that game tonight. Also, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, so last night I watched. What did I watch? I watched the MLB a little bit. Watched some of Braves, Dodgers. Watched some of uh, Red Sox, Astros until it got out of hand. By the time I turned over and watched, or was going to turn the uh, Bucks Nets game on. It was already like a 10, 15 point game in the at the start of the second quarter, and so I was like, I have no interest in this. The Bucks are going to win, but I did have a little bit of interest in watching Lakers Warriors last night. I have not. Again, I said on the show yesterday. I think I watched a grand total of maybe like three NBA games last year. Yeah, I have gone out of my way to not watch the NBA for the last. <laughs> two to three yeah, seasons I saw, but i saw your tweet last night yeah i mean i it was like it again. all right i i really like college basketball i will watch college basketball every day of the week that it's on same most time i'll have three to four tvs up watching college basketball <laughs> so that's, it's like that's commitment i respect that. It, it is commitment uh so it's kind of like all right i used to love the nba i'm gonna try and get back into it and i actually kind of enjoyed watching lakers warriors last night uh I watched, uh, I guess I turned it over about halfway through the first quarter, watched until the end of the third quarter, and then it was like 1130, and I wanted to go to bed. But it wound up being a pretty pretty entertaining game. I'm telling you, you can't, the easiest way to not want to watch NBA any, anymore is watching too much of it at once. That's that's the problem yeah. I had. I, yeah. I got burnt out, and I had to take like a year break. But when yeah. you come in halfway through, you know, you catch up and then you're watching the game. Unless you have a team. If you're watching your team every day, then it's different. But, you know, if you come in casually and watch like half a game here and there, you'll be fine. Yeah. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, the Grizz play their opener tonight against the Cavs. So, I'm going to go to that. I did not enjoy attending NBA games last year just because, like, the, the crowd wasn't there. And so, basketball to me is the ultimate predicated upon the crowd oh 100% sport way more than I'd say football it is but the NFL is really not yeah I mean the NFL is such a TV product honest honest to goodness I never noticed that there weren't crowds at the NFL last yeah. year now college football is a little different because you have the whole atmosphere and pageantry of college football right, and all right, that right. and so college football you know it was in like the Big Ten games last year where there were no fans, those were kind of hard to watch. But Yeah, those are bad. As long as there was, you know, at least twenty five, thirty percent fans, you didn't notice it as much with college football. But basketball, man, it you noticed it a lot last year. I mean, could you imagine those iconic Western Conference finals games 
where there's not the crowd going absolutely nuts yeah. or Ray Allen hitting the three in the corner for the Heat and no one no one going nuts. Like, Well, honestly, in, like I was kind of all in on the NCAA tournament last year, but even yeah. that didn't really feel the same because there, there wasn't the crowd. I mean, it's just basketball is the ultimate sport that you have to have a crowd to enjoy it. I guess baseball is kind of the same way, but... I have to give the NBA some credit, though, because during the bubble, when there was, like, no fans, that it was still a huge, a really good game to watch because it was just – I guess that's the difference is when college basketball, you kind of – it takes away from the mistakes because it's amateur basketball yeah. compared to the pros. But it's just such good basketball that if you're a basketball fan watching the bubble games, it kind of locks in on the actual basketball instead of the fans. But, yeah, I'm glad everything's kind of back to normal because I missed the NBA and the – college basketball and the fans and everything so it'll be exciting yeah so that'll be uh that'll be fun uh tonight i'm uh, gonna give a season prediction before it starts because i've been watching highlights of the preseason i think the bulls are gonna be really really good i mean their okay. their their preseason highlights and everything i've seen they look absolutely nuts and if they're not in the top three teams in the east i'll be very surprised so Okay, there's my there prediction we go. for the year. Uh, all right, so there we go. So there'll be a ton of NBA NBA games tonight. Uh, if you want to listen to that Grizz uh, Cavs opener, it comes your way. Seven o'clock is the tip off right here on the ticket. So exciting! We'll have that coming your way tonight right here on the ticket. Uh, there is, I guess, baseball is already. Is it already started? We're already playing baseball. <laughs> No, okay. I saw Bob Bob Nightingale tweeting about something. I was like, "There's no way we've started the <laughs> you the were just complaining about how championship <laughs> series round right now." Like, no way we're playing at two fifty five in the afternoon. Start, yeah. By the start. way, I don't know if uh, there's a piece on ESPN.com, which I highly encourage you to go check out, of a look inside the new Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, which is the home of the Seattle Kraken. And I'm sure they're going to try to lure an NBA team with that arena, too. It is fantastic. Yeah, it looks really it cool. Looks I've seen it looks nice. So, anyways, all right. The Drive with Brad Bobo is up next from 3 to 6. 7 to 10 tomorrow morning. It's the front row with Budro. 10 to 12. It's Red Wolf Roll Call. 12 to 2. The Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie. Get you back to us tomorrow from 2 to 3. For Andrew, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon.